0: I'm going to go to the house and we're going to do four lessons, there's the aspect of Arich Anpin, of the long face, Baklipa, with regard to the klipot, with regard to the evil forces. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with Arich Anpin, it's one of the, what we call partsufim, one of the facets of Hashem, um, in describing the way he, um, he sort of behaves and he acts. For example, we know that there's Zeir Anpin, which is this aspect of justice, behaving with. Chesed, Gvurah, Tiferet, the three pillars. Um, then there's Abba, which is the aspect of Chokhmah, Wisdom. There's Ima, which represents the mother, who is Bina, understanding. Then there's Arikhan Pin, there's Atik Yomin. We saw Atik Yomin already, a few times. We've seen um, Arikhan Pin. But, um, for a better understanding of this, one needs to go into the the writings of the Zohar, the writings of the Ariya Kadosh. um for a better understanding of the way these firot work, just basic Kabbalah. It's uh, what we call part But nonetheless, just know that there's an Arich pin Baklipa, as it's brought down in Etz Chaim, Shara Kripot, that there's an Arich pin that exists within the evil forces. We know that this is representation of Hashem's Midot, but also on the side of evil. There's also 10 sfirot, and there's also um, these 10 levels in Madrigot, also Pach etc., because as we explain, God creates everything with opposites. Just as much as there is in Kedusha, there is in tuma. Meaning for each and every um, thing that exists in holiness, there is the opposite uh, and counterpart in impurity. So Rabenu is telling us that one who meets a woman from this aspect of it's very difficult to be saved from improper thoughts and Sexually immoral thoughts. Even if he shuts his eyes, nonetheless, any single side that he turns to, she'll be in front of him. This woman that comes from this klipa, because she represents this pin, this long face of the klipa. Why? For they are the long faces. Therefore, because it's long, no matter where you turn, you're going to see it. It's going to be in front of you. That charity is awesomely propitious and very beneficial to save a person from um, sexually immoral thoughts. But nonetheless, it's still forbidden to rely only on staka to protect yourself from immoral thoughts. And it's imp- it's forbidden to be mixed with many women and to engage in lots of conversation with them. It's just that it's not as harmful to him if he gives staka, But nonetheless, it's still forbidden to, to still engage in, in conversations with women, excessive conversations and to give tzitaka, relying on the fact of tzedakah, that's going to help you from this. And <laughs> on the Torah, it says in Pirkei Avot, treat the poor as members of your household. Do not converse um, too much with women. Meaning, even what is the connection between these two verses, these two sayings, for example, in Pirkei Avot? Meaning, Rabbeinu is bringing up the idea, what's the connection between treat the treat poor as members of your household, and um, engaging in too much conversation with women. So Rabenu explains that even if you treat the members, the poor people, as members of your household, meaning even if you give charity, and the poor people are considered as if they're literally your children, <laughs> do not engage in too much conversation. But the prohibition is only not to do it excessively. But that which is necessary, it is not uh, harmful to him. And this is done through tzitaka. When you give charity, this saves a person from sexually immoral thoughts. And tzitaka prevents you that whenever you speak to a woman, that which is necessary, not speaking too much, that tzitaka protects you from any immoral thoughts. Because we know that immoral thoughts, that um, thoughts of... Um, all this um, sexual impure nature. This is the highest source of impurity. Avi It is the highest source of tuma, of, um, of impurity. It is the father of all impurities. It's the aspect of death. And Tzedakah saves a person from these sources of impurity to sexual immorality because we know if sexual immorality is death and Tzedakah Saves a person from death. It says in Mishrei, chapter 10. Charity saves a person from death. Hashem, may Hashem save us. So we see the importance of tzedakah. May Hashem be in tzedakah. And may Hashem help us purify our thoughts. To only engage in thoughts of Hashem and whatever we need to with regard to business. But in holiness. Everything in k'tusha. There is a very great tzaddik. That the world cannot even bear His Holiness. It cannot even endure and cannot even handle His Holiness. Therefore, this Tzaddik, this great Tzaddik, conceals himself very much. And the entire world won't see from this Tzaddik any sort of um, awesome separation, extra separation. Meaning, what is Prishut? It's this, um, this abstinence. Whenever a person abstains from from um, impure things, etc., and he, he separates himself from impurity. This is what we call meaning the tzaddik is so good at concealing himself that even we, when we we'll look at the tzaddik, we won't even think he's a tzaddik because he doesn't look like he separates himself from all evil, he doesn't look like he's completely attached to holiness. And this is the reason why we think this way, the reason why we don't see him to be completely holy and separated from evil is because he is so awesomely holy. And this is the aspects of what are, what is mentioned in Shira Shirim, or what is mentioned uh, about Shira Shirim. Kodesh, all the songs are holy. The Shira Shirim Kodesh Kodeshim, but Shira Shirim, the song of songs, is the holy of holies. Nimtza, we find the result of all of this is that Shira Shirim Shira Shirim, the Song of Songs, is extremely lofty, extremely holy. Holier than all the other books. Behold, we find about That we see that King Shlomo he authored three books Mishle, Proverbs, Kohelet, um, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. And we know that Mishle and Kohelet are filled with lots of um Musar, lots of teaching, ethical teachings instilled with fear of heaven very very much. And we see many words of holiness and purity many countless times. But with regard to the Song of Songs we see that there's actually no words of holiness or purity at all. It's completely disguised. Go see and you'll find. You'll see over there. Within the book of Shira Hashirim, that within the entire book you won't find one word of holiness and impure, and purity, which is a chidush, Rabban is telling us. And this is the the reason for this is because it's so awesomely holy. It's because of the essence of its great holiness. This is why, because it's so holy, we cannot see any holiness in it. And for this reason, therefore, we do not find any word of holiness or purity inside Shih hashirim because of the fact that it's so holy, it conceals itself so very much to trick you into thinking that it's not holy. So with regard to the true tzaddik, or this awesome tzaddik that's so lofty, he poses to be someone normal, whereas we can see it so much that he, he's so lofty about this. He's so lofty that he conceals himself. Torah 244 one who's mixed with the, other, the Gentiles, the other nations, meaning that he has business dealings with them, he has to be very careful that they, that they don't cause him harm or damage. Because with ease, he can be easily caught in their snare, in their trap. To sever himself from the level of Ju- Judaism that he has, <speaking in Hebrew> because not only is it enough that a person's in this lowly world, <speaking in Hebrew> to which literally the point of angels, to literally angels that they can't even withstand the temptations of this world, as <speaking in Hebrew> we see as brought down the <speaking in Hebrew> that some angels came down to the world and they stumbled very much. They went with women, etc. But the truth is that the nation of the Jewish people have even greater strength than the angels. And they're able to withstand this world and to overcome this world. And to cleave ourselves to the Creator, blessed be His name but also to be mixed with the Gentiles, this is very difficult. I can therefore, a person needs to guard himself very, very much, to be steadfast, to be strong, to be immovable, to be unwavering from your level of uprightness and Judaism. And the final Torah for today, and that is awesome advice. May we really apply it. Because clearly whenever we deal with goyim and other people, we tend to take from their bad traits. We have to be very careful to remain who we are and to recognize that we are the Jewish people, that we can have the power to overcome all these temptations of this world. Even though the world tries convincing us that this is part of it, that we are above it. We can overcome the nature of this world. Torah 245 Torah. There are chambers of Torah. And one who merits these chambers, when he begins to make novelties and create novel ideas in the Torah, he enters these chambers. And he goes from chamber to chamber, room to room. Because within each and every room and chamber, there are many different openings in each and every single room and entrances to other rooms. And the same is true of those other rooms that you enter, that are opening, to other rooms. And he is going, entering, and strolling throughout all these chambers. And he collects from there treasures, awesome remedies, precious remedies, that are very delightful. Happy is this person, and happy is his portion. A person needs to be very careful not to fool himself because the person doesn't merit this very quickly. Because there are many different types of novel ideas in Torah that do not come from these chambers. They actually come only from the chamber of exchanges. Because God creates everything this opposite that. Meaning, as Badan and Kohelet, chapter 7, verse 14, that just as much as there's chambers of holiness in which a person can receive Chidushet Torah from these chambers, he can receive novel ideas and awesome, lofty concepts from these chambers in holiness. Nonetheless, even if a, a person has to be very careful not to fool himself because he can be getting his novel concepts, his novel Torah ideas um, from the Chamber of Exchanges, which is the place where the Yitzhah tries to exchange evil and holiness so that you, really, you literally don't even know what is what. You have no idea, you can't even discern between light and darkness, etc. Um, and even though it seems to this person as if he attained something awesome, with all of that said, we also have present within these chambers of exchanges beautiful beautiful novel ideas that seem to be insight. And with this, there's many different aspects, different level, levels. For example, let's bring a parable. When you write the letter Adam, the word Adam, spelled by the letters Alef, Dale, and the word which means man, we know that this is hinting to the form of a human. But this is just a mere hint because the writing contains nothing of the human form adam the letters itself don't even don't even aren't even shaped in the human form but you know it's referencing this concept of human form of a human and sometimes you design on a paper the actual form of a man and on the paper once you draw the figure of a person you can see that the form of a man is clearer it's more revealed Sometimes a person will carve literally the form and the image of a person from a piece of wood. And even more than the paper or the word itself of Adam, you reveal the form of a human being more through the piece of wood. Nonetheless, this is not a literal person. Only a person himself, a human, is literally an Adam. The same is true. There are many different novelties in Torah, which are just like a notebook, and like just writing the word Adam alone, because the Torah is what we call Adam. The Torah is an aspect of man. It says in Bamidbar chapter 19, this is the Torah, man. Is the word Torah and Adam are juxtaposed to each other. The teachers that Torah is an aspect of Adam, or that are connected. There's a person who enters even deeper than this, but nonetheless, it's still not a person. Um, um, so you can enter deeply. Like we talked about like there's the writing of Adam. Then you can draw the form of a human being on paper, and then you can carve it out of a piece of wood. Same as true of chidushim of Torah. You can go from one chidush to one chamber, and one seems better than the other, but nonetheless, it's still not a true chidush. Only when a person um, merits the Torah in itself. This is the true person. This is a true man. This is what it says, Adam. This is the Torah man. This is the Torah of man. Zot this, this is the Torah specifically, as it says in the verse. Meaning only the true Torah, the truest form of the Torah, is the aspect of Adam, because there's, there's only one human. You can't write human, you can't uh, write the word human, and think that it's a man. You can't uh, do any of these things. You can't even carve marble. You can't, not even artificial intelligence. There's nothing. Only a man is a man. <inaudible> know that each and every person, before he attains a true perception in the Torah, <inaudible> he is obligated and forced to go via these pathways. Through these uh, chamber of exchanges. Before he gets to the true Torah. He has to go through this place of the chamber of exchanges. But the main idea, the principle is what? That it's forbidden to mislead yourself. To think. To hold yourself of the opinion that you've already attained the proper perception of Torah. Because if you think actually so, you will remain there. God forbid. And you'll never attain the true Torah. But the second you know that you still haven't entered the true chambers of Torah, then you'll reinforce yourself in the service of God. And you'll increase in prayer. and you'll plead and implore God. Until God opens up all the gates of holiness genuinely. And then you'll see the true difference between where you were and where you are now and even if you 've done devotions and fasts and mortifications for the sake of a, for the sake of God and afterwards after all these things you merited novel concepts do not convince yourself that you've attained already these true perceptions as we said above because even for those images and those likenesses that aren't true but even for those likenesses what seems to be that are present within those chamber of exchanges you need to do all these sorts of service and fasting to get there and even with regard to the desires the temptations of this world we see an example like this for example what's the parable when a person um, when a comedy is staged for example when a person stages a comedy, then one person goes about and he announces describing all the scenes in the comedy. Even though it's a desire to listen to this person, nonetheless, this is not the actual comedy. And even when a person goes to the theater where they do this comedy, the stage of comedy there. You see, on all the posters within the theater, all the things that they're going to do on this um, show, this comedy show, and this still is not the, the actual comedy itself. And even when you enter the theater, a buffoon goes, um, a buffoon stands up, and he does the acts like of a, of a monkey. And all, um, this, all these things, which this person, um, this, this actual comedian is doing, this person who this buffoon is acting, and imitating this actual comedian, acting like a monkey, imitating everything he does. And this person, who's acting and imitating what the actual comedian is doing, is not the person himself. Isn't the comedy itself? The essential thing is the laugh, the schok, the joke which is being played over there, the joke which is being made, the actual comedy. <speaking in Hebrew> the moral is likewise self-explanatory. We can understand what we're talking about here. <speaking in Hebrew> because there's a person who it seems to him as if he entered deep within the holy chambers. <speaking in Hebrew> and he's still standing completely outside because he has not yet begun to begun to um, attain any true perceptions that Sa this very great tzaddik, even though he truly merits to attain these awesome perceptions of holiness that are true he doesn't even consider these true perceptions as if they exist at all he didn't consider them he didn't give them or attribute any worth to them. Due to the great extent of his recognition of God's greatness. Because he recognizes how infinite and awesome Hashem is, he realizes how small his perceptions are, even though they're awesome and true. Therefore, the true Tzadik, the very great Tzadik, is constantly putting effort and reinforcing himself all the time. That he begs God that a God would begin to show him the light of the Torah. Because the Sadiq acts as if he literally hasn't even begun to perceive anything at all since the day he was born. For all his days, he hasn't. He felt as if he hasn't perceived anything. So may we learn from this truth, tzaddik, and truly not convince ourselves that we have attained anything, to be truly humble and to recognize Hashem's greatness so that we move from level to level till we really reach those awesome chambers of Torah. Be'ezrat Hashem.